Hey, 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 good morning, beautiful people. Good afternoon to you other people and good evening to anybody else out there listening on the other side of the world. This is your boy D. Wood. This is the Bringing the Wood podcast, a Camper Chronicle production. And I'm just happy and enjoyed to be here on this beautiful Fuck Work Friday with you beautiful people who tune in and listen to hear me talk some good sports, man, because you know that's what I do and I bring it like no other. And y'all already know how I go today. We'll be talking Kevin Durant coming back and saying he needs a meeting with Josiah about the team. I can't wait to get into that. We're going to talk Kyrie and with the Cavs, not the Cavs, but the Lakers saying they're willing to uh, give up now for Kyrie. Uh, You know, we got Draymond talking. He willing to go to Detroit now. You already know how that goes. Uh, I get into a little bit of that. I know I love some Draymond. Draymond just pulling away his strings. He's trying to get that money. I ain't hating on him. That's my guy. And, um, you know, and then in, uh, in Saturn news, we lost a legend. Uh, one of the greatest players of all time, Bill Russell. Um, Celtic legend, 11 time champion. Uh, one of the, yeah, one of the best to ever do it. Um, he passed away. They say comfortably in his sleep. So that's a blessing. Um, the NBA is uh, already officially retiring. They saying they're going to retire all number six jerseys in honor of from every team. So if you wear number six, it's time to think for, of another number, which I think LeBron still wears six. I ain't sure yet, but see what number he go with. But it's a few players out there who rock six. But again, and it's a big honor. Bill Russell basically paved the way. One of the one of the first black, you know, earlier black players in the NBA who set the tone for us and held it down and was a tremendous rebounder and was a champion as a player and as a coach and did it at the same time. So, um, you know, he's definitely a pioneer of this uh, game for us. And uh, he'll be missed, but the NBA going to represent him right. And, uh, you know, his name will always go on forever. And that's why Trophies is named after him already because uh, he literally is, is one of the foundational pieces of the NBA. Again, rest in peace to Bill Russell and blessings to his loved ones and to everybody he left behind who he ever had an impact on. Uh, in this world, you know, shout out to uh, Bill and he being a Bay Area native, you know how that go, gang gang. But uh, yeah, rest in peace to Bill, one of the greats. But we got to talk about KD now, man. My Nets, y'all already know we're going to get Nets talk because we every we, we the only thing popping right now in the offseason. And it's now it's starting to now it's officially at my uh my pissed off point. So. KD uh, over, you know, wants to have this meeting with Josiah about, you know, his final decision. And, you know, last week I was saying that he was either going to say he want to stay or he want to go. Something along the lines of that. And I was thinking it was for Kyrie, you know, or, or other reasons. But now this man basically told our governor, that's what he calls himself, Josiah, that he has to make an ultimatum and he has to either pick him, him as in Kevin Durant, or he has to pick Steve Nash and Sean Marks, who, again, Kevin Durant handpicked to be our head coach when we already had Kenny Atkinson, by the way, who's on the Warriors assistant staff and just won a ring. Congratulations to Coach Kenny, who already had our team, a playoff team with D'Angelo Russell, with D'Angelo Russell and company. And you was like, yeah, nah, I'm cool. I won't, I won't Nash. Who, by the way, never sat on the bench at any Warriors game. He was a shooting coach. So he wasn't even like an assistant coach. He wasn't really helping dial up plays. He wasn't really helping set up. 
any of these formations to get players open. He's literally helping shoot. He was a shooter's coach for the Warriors. And Kevin Durant got that man thrusted from a shooter's coach who doesn't wear a suit and sit on the bench. He stand off to the side in the jumpsuit during the games. You know what I'm saying? In the tunnel area. And you got that man thrusted to head coach. And now three years later, after we gave you a mulligan year, because you was injured when you got here, and we still paid you. And now you're telling us that we got to choose between you or Nash and Marks. And even though I don't want Nash either, I didn't want Nash from the jump, but I just don't like the way Kevin Durant moving. And at this point, like, man, I ain't going to say we can trade him for whatever, but I think we'd be better off without him so we can get behind this because now I feel like it's going to be something all year. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if we fire Nash right now, well, who are we going to hire? What coaches is really out there? Who do you want? Because they're still going to have to be a coach you want. Because we still decide you for the next four years. So it's still going to be your decision. So at this point, we need to stop giving him the power and let him go somewhere else and either have power or let that team be good enough to take away his power. And he can be in the background and be a star in the background like he was on the Warriors until that's not good enough for him. Because I don't think he realizes what it takes to be a star. You take all of this scrutiny. You take all of that. But, again, he's a great player. This ain't got nothing to do with his game. But at the same time, the stuff you're putting around you is what you want. Superstars get accommodated. You are a superstar of the highest caliber, one of the five best players in the league. You get accommodated what you want. But this is your first time really getting that. Because even though you went to Golden State... That wasn't accommodated. That was already set up. You didn't really get to have no say-so in there. It was like, hey, come in here because we need you. You feel me? And as much as they need you, as you can see, they don't really need you. They needed something like you. And you were the best available. So it was like, let's aim for the stars. And they got you. And they got two rings out of it. And you were one of the best players in the league. And you now leaving going to Brooklyn, this was your first time Having control, you got to pick the coaches, you got to pick the players, you got to pick the staff, you got to pick, like, you got to be in the in the huddle for all of that. Okay, see, you was brought, you you were drafted there, you 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 was brought into some greatness that they built over there, which Rob Palinka is still over there, not Rob Palinka, but uh, oh, I forgot his name, that uh, disrespect to OKC and them owners, but he's still building great over there. And then you went to the Warriors, already built. It was great. So you didn't have to put anything together. But the Nets, you and Kyrie linked up. Y'all said, we don't want, we don't want Kenny Agassin. We want Nash. Y'all said, sign uh, DeAndre Jordan and trade Jared Allen because we wanted Jordan. Y'all made him trade away Karis LeVert. Y'all did. You were a part of that. You had to okay those things. You, that's what happens when you, be, when you come to a team and you're the dude. They're going to accommodate you because we want you. And we, this is how we accommodate you. Which one? You want Nash to be your head coach? He was just a shooting coach. That's what I want. Okay. You get Nash. That's your head coach. Oh, you want these other guys. You get all these dudes. And now half of the dudes that he did put on the team are gone. And now the one piece that he wanted that's about left other than Kyrie, which was almost gone and still might be gone. We're going to get into that in a second. Now you want Nash gone. And now I'm like, man, I don't even want Nash either. I'm ready for both of them to go. But at this point, 
Like I said, I still don't, as much as I don't think Nash is a good coach, he still ain't got a fair shake. He still ain't had a full offseason with the same team, same roster all season like it could be with this team. But now I'm saying trade Kevin Durant. Uh, they saying the Pelicans is is in it. I'd take almost anybody from the Pelicans. They're going to, whatever four players they send is going to be nice. I feel like one of the centerpieces is going to be Ingram for starters because they already just locked in Zion. So we would have to trade Ben Simmons to get Zion in the deal too, which I don't think unless we're going to get Zion and Ingram. But again, that sounds ridiculous. So I'm assuming that would be Ingram. But again, you still got those other teams in it. I'm still leaning for the Boston trade. Boston just came out and said they don't want to trade Robert Williams. I know they're not trying to trade Robert Williams. But again, you give us Brown, Smart, White, and Grant Williams and throw in three or four first-round picks. And again, I'll take it. Trade Kevin Durant, giving Nash a full offseason with that team, that roster. Give him one year. You get one swing at this to do it your way. No distractions. And if it ain't right, we find him and bring somebody else in who can but I'm I'm ready to 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 blow it all up. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is this is starting to get bad. And I had hope just just last week. I just had hope. And now at this point, even if I don't even think if they do salvage this, I'm gonna even be happy. Like I like, you know, if Kevin Durant stays, that means they're gonna fire Nash, which I'm gonna be happy with. But at the same time, it's like, well, what are you gonna do? Like at this point, Kevin Durant, like you, I feel like you just in scramble mode. You trying to do anything to just make something shake. And it's not looking good. You're looking real bad right now in this. Because you're just jumping back and forth on what you're saying. At the end of the day, you picked Steve Nash, bro. You picked Kyrie. You picked these dudes to come with you. You could have picked anybody. You had to pick at a litter. You are Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the league, one of the top 75 greatest players of all time. You could have had hand-picked where you wanted to go, who you wanted to be with. You chose those things, and now, three years now, you want it all gone. Or you, or you got to go. And I just think that's that's soft. Play, you should have never even re-signed the deal, and you should have dipped. And that, you know, you should have just walked away, and we should have got nothing for you. Instead of reing up for the four years. Like, man, you got us out here looking foolish right now, bro. And we already got Ben Simmons still. We got we got a god darn circus, bro, in Brooklyn. And we ain't even got to basketball yet. They ain't even dribbling hoop rocks as a team yet. And this is a straight, it's a straight circus, bro. And I'm like, man, did what, what started three years ago with such hope, with such like aspiration. And like in all of this, we still hey, I ain't even talking about how James Harden was in here and going in between all of this. Like it's been a mad house in Brooklyn, basically since KD and Kyrie walked in the building. It's been a madhouse. And like we ain't got nothing to show for it. But Kevin Durant almost beating Giannis one year in the playoffs, but his shoes was too big. And he was on the line instead of it being a three, it was a two. And we just got swept by Boston. That's all we got to show for all of this madness. And now you come to the to our to our governor and tell him it's either you or them. Man, miss me with that. It's them. And I'm glad that Josiah came out and said, I'm sticking with the coaches and the owner. Like I said, I ain't the biggest fan of Nash, but I'm I'm I care Kevin Durant losing me more with the with the antics than Nash is with him not knowing what to do out there as a coach. Like 
You're making it worse on Nash, but we could have not had this guy at all. You could have kept Kenny. Kenny knew what he was doing out there. He was getting the best out of what we had. Jared Allen was an all-star. Karis LeVert was out there balling. And look at these dudes now, still out there balling. And we gave away all these cats for dudes who ain't even on the team no more. And now the dude who brought all these dudes there won't out or won't Nash fire. And it's like, that's the that's like the craziest thing. And I don't like I don't know who in this camp. I don't know who in this corner. It's like, did anybody say, well, bro, you know you wanted Nash, right? Like, did anybody say that to him? Do he even got anybody around? You know, I really don't see him with nobody. He don't really be around. You know, he he make burner accounts and stuff. So it's it's anything is possible at this point. It's it's uh it's it's crazy. I'm like I said, I'm ready to trade him now, man. I wanted to see it work. Him, Kyrie, Ben Simmons. I think that could be a nice thing. I'm still not saying that couldn't be nice, but at this point, I don't even want to see it because I'm not even sure if he gonna even be happy here now. Like even if we fire Nash, who do you want? We still back to this point that we still need to. Unless you're just gonna say y'all pick the coach and you're gonna just you know what I'm saying. Focus on you feel me. Getting the team better, getting your game better, working on building camaraderie with Ben and Kyrie, and you feel me, the uh, and T.J. Warren and Royce O'Neal, you know what I'm saying, and Curry and Joe Harris finna come back off of the foot injury who missed all last year. So unless you just gonna be like, hey, y'all focus on the coach, him get a system, and I'm just gonna you feel me learn the system and you feel me get better as an individual player, and you feel me try to build a bond with the new squad we finna have. If not, we still gonna need you to be in it to pick the coach because we still gotta satisfy you because you're the you're our best player, you're our big ticket winner, you're the one we signed to a four year deal. Kyrie Irving could be going at the end of this year, so like you still gonna be a part of this, KD. So you gotta you gotta you feel me? Figure this thing out. And Rob, again, I was rocking with you, but now you're losing me with this trying to make the owner pick between you are people that you picked. Like that's crazy. That's that don't even it don't it really don't even make no sense. So again, that's my take on that. I don't even we gonna go ahead and get past that because I could just ramble about that in circles, and I feel like that was what it's gonna be. Cause um that shit it's yeah. Kevin Durant basically told Josiah he gotta make an ultimatum. He didn't give him no deadline, but he got he definitely gave him an ultimatum to pick between him or Nash and Sean Marks. So he wants the GM and the head coach fired, or he wants to be traded. That's that. And we still, like I said, trying to figure out what we're going to do with Kyrie Irving. And the Lakers just came out, and now they're saying they're willing to part with the two first-round picks to, uh, uh, in the trade to get Kyrie. And now that comes, what, three, four days after they just had their first, uh, you know what I'm saying, conversation with LeBron. You know, and again, this goes back to superstars. Superstars get what they want. Same thing, you know what I'm saying? And now it's like, Brian, like, hey, bro, I ain't got that much time left. Y'all see what moves I'm trying to make. Y'all trying to really win a ring. Y'all really trying to build something. Let's do this. Like, you know. But again, the Lakers ain't trying to sacrifice their future for a dude who we know ain't finna be here for longer than another season or two. So it's like, man, do we want to trade two first-round picks in the future for a dude that's not going to be here. And LeBron James, who's literally not going to be here. And it ain't no guarantee that getting this dude is getting them a ring. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's one of those things you got to really think about. And you got to really sit down and really process if you want to do that. And now it looks like the Lakers is thinking about it again. 
as the Nets, we still got to pull the trigger on that. And that go back to my point. I still don't want Westbrook and Ben Simmons on the same team. That is not going to work. So hopefully we do like a three-team trade, you know what I'm saying, where Westbrook get traded somewhere else and we get some role players to go with uh, Ben and KD. And if we end up trading KD, then, you know, we get some pieces to go with whatever we have to go around Ben Simmons because that's who looking like going to be our focal point is Ben, which ain't nothing wrong with that. We, you know what I'm saying? If we get a lot of talent and players to go around them, we can make this thing work. Because obviously, KD going to bring us in the hall. And I feel like Kyrie can either going to get us some picks to get players in the future, or he's going to get us some good players to help us now. But like I said, I do not want Russ. I'd rather keep Kyrie. But I don't think they won't. I think the only reason why Kyrie on the team is because KD. So I really feel like if we trade Kevin Durant, Kyrie will be traded right after. So, like, I think those dominoes are one and the same. And that's kind of why I think Kyrie Irving ain't traded yet. Because it's like we're only going to trade him if we trade KD because we don't want him here by himself. But if KD's still here, we're going to keep Kyrie because KD going to want Kyrie. So, it's one of those type of things. So, like you said, the Lakers definitely offering two first now. They're they willing to part with the two first to, uh, to, to, to try to get Kyrie Irving. And we still, we still, that's still a wait and see approach. So we're going to wait on that. And obviously, you know, I'm going to keep you updated on the Nets moves because, like I said, this offseason been been mad. All the other moves that was going on was kind of keeping us chill, but everything dying down now. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie still standing strong. Obviously, you got the little conversation with Donovan Mitchell out there on the back end, but that looked like that's just a Utah Nets, I mean, Knicks thing right now. So until that, to that, you know, flip over into something else. I ain't going to get too deep into that because he's still a Utah Jazz at this point, too. But, you know, my boy Draymond, though, he he hilarious. Obviously, he he was out on his podcast saying it's a, it's a, it would be a dream to play for Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, being from, from, from Michigan himself. So, you know, that's one of those things. But, again, we all know Dre ain't trying to lead the Dub Nation. Ain't no nation like the Dub Nation, so... I know he ain't trying to lead that, but he understand the business and he understand how this game goes. So he still got to play his part, plant his seeds, let these teams and players know that he willing to come there if, you know what I'm saying, the Warriors let him walk. And, I, you know, but again, we still going to wait and see. I really, truly believe they're going to sign him back to a good number. Even if it ain't the number that he's yelling out, it's going to be somewhere where he, he's still going to be is more than he expected. So, you know, again, it's a way to see approach, but y'all know how, how Draymond like to play. So, again, bro, Dre just, he going to keep playing his seeds. He's, he's very smart, and his podcast still is new, so got to get the listeners in. But um, he's a hilarious, but great player. And, again, I, I think the Warriors going to keep him I said, I don't think him, Clay, or him, Clay, or Steph going nowhere. They gonna retire. Warriors might mess around and retire all their jerseys and put them in the rafters. Like they gonna, they that, they they the, they the Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan, of they little of they era. Like this is what they do. Like they're they're better together. If any one of them are off, it's off. And I said that on the last one, and I stand by that. I'm, and I stand by that until until I'm proved different, and until one of them ain't on the team. We won't know, so stay tuned.
because I'm a, I'm a state real tapped in with the Warriors all season. And, uh, oh, you know, in my Kings, too, they signed uh, Quinn Cook. Also, I seen that little Quinn Cook signing for the Kings. Mike Brown just trying to get people who know the system, know the defense, more, more coaches, just more people that can help coach. Quinn Cook can definitely coach up the younger the uh, younger guards. He got a bunch of young guards out there. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, between Fox and Mitchell, uh, they brought in Monk and uh, Huter. So, you still need Cook out there. He can show them the defense and know the, know the translations. It can be an extra, uh, an extra voice on the floor just for small spurts. Probably only going to play seven, eight minutes a game. You know what I'm saying? But he'll be a, he'll be like a coach, an extra mentor. He show people the ropes. Got championship experience with the Warriors and the Lakers. So I think it's a nice little pickup. Mike Brown's looking like he's trying to uh he's already making strides in the right direction on becoming a better coach by putting better coaches around him. So it's definitely kudos to him again. He's one of those guys wasn't a good coach in his first stint with Cleveland or in his stint with the Lakers, but he's been for uh in in uh Oakland since the first rings they won. So he's been a part of that defensive staff since they first started this dynasty. So that's been a, it's a long time. He's been on that staff learning the game and sitting under coaches and watching people come in and out. So he could be a tremendously better coach, which I would hope for, because again, I'd be rooting for the Kings. I like, you know, I root for California teams on the O. We're just more Northern Cali, but I got homies that's Kings fans. So, you know, it ain't nothing but love for the Kings. So good, good pickup for Quinn Cook. Again, they're moving in the right direction. I'm really excited to see them play and see what they look like this year. It should be fun. But um, we're going to take a little break. You already know, pay some bills, sip some water, puff a J, and I'll be right back because football back. <laughs> My Titans had a preseason game. Y'all already know this position battle crazy. Malik Willis got in there. He did a little bit. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get deeper into that. And we got a Niners-Packers preseason game today. I'm going to tune into that. You got Raiders and Vikings on Sunday. I'll preview a little bit of that. Talk about some players we want to watch in that game as well again. And uh, we'll talk about a couple other games that we got going today and even on Saturday before we uh, get out of here. But again, I'm about to pay some bills. I'll be back in a second. It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast. It's your boy. Welcome back, people. You already know it's the Bringing the Wood Podcast. It's your boy, D. Wood. And now we're switching over into football. Y'all know what it is. Football is officially back. Real preseason, no disrespect to a Hall of Fame game, but you know what I'm saying. That's the that's the pre pre. That's more like an exhibition, like I said. But this was real preseason games. You know what I'm saying? Players playing for positioners, playing for their football lives. But um, we had two games yesterday, and one I'm happened to be my Titans. So shout out to the, my Titans for you know what I'm saying, getting set the bar and started off the preseason right. But uh, before I get into that, we're going to talk about the other game that was played. It was the Giants and the Patriots. Uh, it was actually a decent game. Uh, the Giants ended up winning on a last-minute field goal on a nice little drive put together by Davis Webb at the end, actually. But we're going to just talk about more of the important things about this game. Daniel Jones, he got he got the nod. Obviously, he's going to get the start. But you know Tyrod Taylor's on the team, too. Uh, Daniel Jones went 6 for 10, 69 yard. He got sacked one time, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, he looked all right on his first drive. He didn't look super clean, but he didn't look terrible. He drove him down there, and even on the third and five, he threw a nice ball to uh Kenny Galladay on the third and five, and Kenny Kenny Galladay dropped it, and that would have kept the drive alive. It would have been first and goal from like the four or five yard line. Maybe they score a touchdown, and the drive looks better. They end up having to settle for a field goal, so that was kind of that. I think he played two series, and in the other series he got sacked. It was a three and out. 
He looked decent. Tyrod Taylor came in and looked played well. 13 for 21, 129 yards in the touchdown. And he also but he also played, you know, with the second unit. So a little at the first, but he played with a lot of the second unit. So Tyrod Taylor is good enough to shred apart a second unit. <laughs> Especially when he already kind of knows the system. He was in Buffalo for a minute. So he kind of knows uh day ball system anyway. So he's real comfortable. But that's a good thing. That's why they brought him in, just in case Daniel Jones doesn't look good. And again, he didn't look terrible. He didn't look great either. But that was just more of that would be my little piece on them. But as far as uh the Giants on defense, uh Kayvon Thibodeau, he had one tackle, it was a tackle for a loss, it was a good play. Then he also made a he also uh he 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 is he's very explosive off the ball. We already knew that. That was one of the things that they talked about. But you know, to watch it on the NFL level against obviously these aren't all starters, but New England played a lot of starters in the beginning. Like they played a lot of good good offensive linemen who Weren't starters for New England, but started games last year. So they definitely had some good dudes. And uh, he got a couple false starts on some guys out there because he's he's very explosive off the ball. So I seen that. He only played about maybe a quarter. So I think they'll ramp him up more closer. Probably another, you know, he, he'll probably play every week. Except for, he'll probably play week two or week three. He won't play all three. They'll let him get ready. He just needs to let him bang and hit somebody else. But on the other end, they also took Evan Neal, the tackle from Bama, uh, with pick seven. I don't know who watches offensive linemen. I do when I remember you got him. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he gave up two sacks. Or, or one of them, his guy missed the sack. Uh, Daniel Jones ducked out of it. And then uh, Jennings ended up sacking him. So he, he didn't give up the sack. But he got beat initially. And his man should have got the sack. And he would have gave it up. And then another one, he gave up the, the uh, only sack uh, to that Daniel Jones gave up. He gave up that sack. So... Um, he definitely, uh, he definitely was, he was real flat footing. I felt like he was flat and he was slow out of his, out of his kicks, but you know, that could just be adjusting. He played, uh, he played all up and down the line and he could still be adjusted to NFL speed. Again, it's preseason. We taking everything with a grain of salt. I think he played the first quarter. He played a little bit of the second quarter. Again, I didn't watch every play, but definitely when quarterbacks get sacked out, we know when the replay come, I'm definitely going to look and see. And then I end up watching the game a second time later on that night when they played it back. So I got to double double back and look again. But um, yeah, he gave up two sacks again this early, but he definitely had a good, couple good mauls in the run blocks. Saquon caught a little out right out the backfield with, you know, did a nice little cut on his knee, showing the knee looked well. But um, on New England side, uh, Tyquan Thornton, he looked pretty good, for real, for real. He wasn't bad. He caught a touchdown. He had a couple catches. He looked fast. He ran by some dudes. Uh, quarterbacks couldn't throw the ball to him deep. We'll see it down. Jones can. But, again, when I watched him at Baylor, when I was watching the film, he ran a lot of quick routes, and he showed he could run routes. He was really a really good route runner. I seen that early. So, he de- definitely kudos to him on that for being able to be a, a good route runner, especially with that speed. I think that will definitely be able to uh, threaten people. He definitely stood out. And then even Cole Strange, he, he played like the whole first half, uh, started the first round pick they got, the left guard. Um, he actually looked good. He didn't give up a sack, and he's really strong against the run. And I like O-linemen who don't wear anything but finger tape, and that's him. And he only wore finger tape on like one hand, and it was only on like three fingers. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to be a mauler. He wore the, the old school boo-boo face mask still. So, Cole Strange, is, he's all right. Obviously, you might have not took him right then, but if he pro bowls as a rookie, then he doesn't look like a bad first-round pick as a back-end first-rounder. But, you know, 
Uh, we'll see. But that was just my little text on the Giants game. But like I said, my Titans play. We played the Ravens. Uh, again, I don't judge preseason on scores. Uh, I just be looking at the stat at the stats and info and players and just how they play and how they look during the flow of the game. But um, again, we played Malik Willis got the start. And he was uh, 6 for 11, 107 yards. He got sacked twice. He didn't throw a touchdown, but he, he ran one in. He ran for a 38, five carries, 38 yards. And he ran in like a seven-yard touchdown, which was nice on a little sp- a, a little reverse spin out where he kind of spin out like uh, old school Romo used to do. And it was actually on Cal Hamilton, the Ravens' first-round pick, who he actually got the spin on. And then he put a move on late at the end on one of the linebackers. I think that was number 40. I think that's Malik Willis. I mean, Malik Harrison from Texas put a move on him. And Sean Means and scored his first uh, potential pre no preseason touchdown. It's still a big moment. It still feels good to get in the end zone in front of you know a, a nice packed crowd in a game that really counts for you at least a little bit. So Malik didn't look bad. He started off rough. His first he went zero for four. And he went three and out his first two series, and then he settled down. He got a couple screens out there to Julius Chestnut, who actually had a a, a nice day after he fumbled his like second carry. And uh, after that, he protected the ball, and he ran well. Uh, Hassan Haskins looked really good, too. Uh, running the ball, he's not as um, elusive as Julius Chestnut. Julius Chestnut is actually really good, undrafted, out of Sacred Heart College. And he's he's a little pinball. He reminds me, he got like that Drew Jones build. I think he's 5'9", 228. So when you see him out there, he's a big dude, but he's real nimble. He ain't as fast straight line as Drew Jones, but like the power, the shiftiness, he looks good. He he took a uh off a, a was it a stretch to the right side, one cut got up the field, broke for about 29, 30 yards, caught a screen out the backfield for another twelve. Showed he could catch the ball. Hassan Haskins had what three catches also for nineteen yards, also oh no for twenty nine yards, and also showed he could catch the ball off the backfield. They both very strong runners too. They don't run away from contact. We really didn't get to get a good look at none of the receivers. Malik Willis did throw one good bomb to uh, Racy McMath, who was our fifth-round pick last year out of LSU. And that's one thing about LSU receivers. It's, they, that's one thing I've learned, as you know, just re- researching and looking over the history. Even the receivers that don't be that good in college, you get one of those dudes and they work hard and develop, but they end up being good in the NFL. And Racy McMath, he caught it all offseason – all training camp, he's been beating people deep. He's showing he can he can be a vertical threat. And he caught a 44-yard from Malik Willis, and it was a beautiful one. And I think if he would have really paid attention, he would have been able to stay in bounds and score. But he just wanted to secure a catch. And that was probably like the only big play other than Malik. He threw a, a, a deep out to uh, McKinstry, and uh, that was probably for like 12 or 15 yards. And there was a, he showed a good night. Other than that, there was a lot of check downs to the backs. And then uh, he got pulled. At the start of the third quarter, and everybody was like, why would you only let him play one play in the third quarter and pull him? And uh, Verbal's reasoning was after the game, uh, I was watching the little Titans press conference on the Titans website, and he said it was because he didn't throw the ball. And he was basically saying, like, we know Malik can run, you know? we This is the time to throw the ball, though. Like, this is the time you can make your mistakes. Like, you, it's going to sound weird, but this is the time you can... Throw those interceptions and get those things out of the way and see what you can and can't do with your arm. We know you can run. We know you can escape. I told you he's like he gives me like that Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes type of build, where it's like that like sneaky speed like Mahomes. Like he's fast, but you see he doesn't look super fast. But not a lot of guys are catching him from behind. 
And then he's really strong with the lower legs to where he breaks a lot of lower tackles. He stepped out of a couple sacks he stepped out of. He also got sacked twice, but he stepped out of a couple. Again, this preseason is just a small sample size. Um, they want to redshirt him this season, and I'm I'm fine with him redshirting, putting him third string on the depth chart and not letting him play at all. But uh, Logan Woodside, who's been our, you know, our backup for the last two seasons, he didn't look good in the preseason at all. And I was, if he's going to play like that and look like that, it's not going to be a real reason for us to to uh, have him as our backup just in case anything happens to Tannehill. I know we don't want to even have Malik Willis to be in, even if that happens. Like, even if something happened to Tannehill, we'd rather still play play uh, Logan Woodside, and that's what they want. But Malik Willis looked good with the ones. Logan Woodside didn't get to play with the ones. I got a feeling he's going to definitely give Logan a chance to play with the, well, at least the preseason ones, you know what I'm saying? Like Malik did, just so we can see, was it that he was playing with a, a you know, a, a lesser than unit? Or was it that, you know, or is it that he's just not as good as Malik Willis? And then, you know, there's that. We're, we're Malik Willis is battling for the number two job right now. And um, I think he wants it because it's closer to the starting job. <laughs> you know, who wants to be third string and really hold a clipboard? But again, I wouldn't mind it because he really has some things he needs to work on. Because again, I told you he started the game 0 for 4. And one of those could have been a pick six, but the corner dropped the interception. So it's definitely things he needs to work on. And I think that's what Vrabel was saying. Like, continue to throw the ball. Like, I want to see you work on throwing the ball from the pocket. Or not even from the even when you roll out, still throw it. Like, I want to see you throw the ball. Like, don't run. We know you can do that. We're going to need you to do that when it really counts. I want you to get better as a thrower, develop as a thrower. And um, I was here for it. I liked it. Again, that's why we didn't really get to see a lot of the receivers. Our first-round pick, Traylon Burks, they gave him an end around. He got about four yards on it. He looked smooth. He's really big. He's a big dude. And um, he even didn't run out of bounds when he got it. Even tried to finish the run for a little four-yard run and tried to run the DB over. So I'll give him that. Uh, we didn't get to see Kyle Phillips. He didn't really get to spin. He played a lot. He, you know, ran a lot of routes, but we didn't really get him to him. And I think, you know, I think that will happen more as we get some more practice. Next week, we got Tampa, so we're going to get to scrimmage those dudes. You know, they like to scrimmage first before the game, so I think we'll get a lot more looks. We'll get we'll get a better look at our team come week two. So, like I said, we didn't really get to receive the receivers, but again, undrafted rookie uh, Julius Chestnut looked really good. Uh, like I said, I think he's, gonna, he's trying to earn a spot out there. Again, Hassan Haskins didn't look bad at all either. They look like they're going to be a nice little one-two punch in the preseason. I think we're going to wear teams out with them, and I think you know, they're going to be the active roster running backs, too. I'm, I don't think Wilkins or uh, Isaiah Cannon will make the roster. They, they'll end up be, either be a practice squad or being cut. And we're going to end up going with uh, Chestnut, Haskins, uh, Henry, and uh, Hillier. Those will be our four running backs and one fullback. So I definitely think that. On the defensive side of the ball, Caleb Farley, our uh, last year first-round pick, he tore his ACL in week four. He started, played a lot. He gave up two catches in off coverage, and I was watching him. I watched him a lot. I was watching him a lot because I was hoping uh, Roger McCreary, our second-round pick, who we took this year in the draft, who's been killing all camp. He didn't play this game, and I, I don't know why. I'll have to go on the website and see what happened, but he didn't get to play at all. But Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley, who they got as the depth chart starters anyway, started the game, and they both gave up catches in off coverage which I noticed, but when they played press, they didn't give up. Uh, they didn't give up a lot. But again, to take that next, that next step to being the lead corner, you got to be able to play 
off end man like the Jalen like the Jalen Ramsey's like the Stephon Gilmore's, uh, Darius Slay, Xavier Howard. You know those those real top tier corners who play off and play press coverage. And you know so that was one of the things I've seen. Caleb Farley definitely came up and tackled though after he gave up those catches and off coverage. He came up and made tackles, which is good. Christian Fulton missed his tackle. He was stiff on him. Not of it, actually. That was kind of in light, especially with it being the backup wide receiver, too. But, again, we still looked good in press coverage. Our six-round pick out of Tennessee, Theo Jackson, who played a lot of nickel. He played just straight safety for us today at free and some strong. Came down. He had about five or six tackles. I think it was five. Yep, yep, five tackles. He looked really good in space. He made all most of his tackles open field tackles, which was good. I like people who can tackle in the open field. That also means you're going to be able to play on special teams because you can tackle in the open field. You want to make a roster spot on this team. Uh, uh, Anthony Weaver, our last year, I think he was our third-round pick out of Pitt. He got hurt last year also. Achilles, he missed all of last year. I think he only played in like the first preseason game. He had like three sacks and then he hurt himself. Uh, he had two tackles, one tackle for a loss. He looked really good. Stout against the run. He's really strong. You think he might even have one or two uh, uh, hurry ups. Again, it's the first game of the preseason, but you just want to see guys who were good last year continue to show that they're going to, you know, make those steps to be even better this season. And you want to see rookies playing fast, whether it's good or bad. You just want them to play fast. To, and then adjust with the flow. So I, I did like that. But I am going to give a little shout out to some players on the Ravens. Also, uh, Sherman Bridges, an undrafted free agent out of Fort Valley State. He had four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. Kid 6'4", 207. And he was mossing. Th- three of his four catches were uh, verticals. That is his touchdown. He mossed Chris Jackson. And then before that, he had mossed Chris Jackson. And then uh, number 20, I can't think of his name for us. He's a new guy we just signed. He was guarding him. He mossed him too. And then he caught an out route because they started playing off coverage because they was tired of getting mossed. And I was like, okay, I like that, especially in the offense they run. He looks good. Uh, you know, it's early in the preseason. I'm not saying he's going to make the roster, but somebody roster, somebody, look, just remember that name, Sherman Bridges, Fort Valley State. He was dreadhead, long hair, tall. Vertical threat. He looks good. Like I said, it's just preseason one, but that's one of those guys. Remember that name when y'all watch the Ravens play again in the upcoming weeks or even in the season. Because again, somebody else might pick you up. Because it was it was almost thirty two teams represented at both preseason games today, uh, or not today, but yesterday on Thursday. It was like you feel me. So you, just because you might not make your team roster, somebody else might can use you. So. You know, you 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 uh basically interviewing for all thirty two teams out there, and uh, he did his thing. And then uh, they fourth round tight end Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. He looked, I I feel like he fell in the draft. I feel like he was good enough to go in the second round, but I think he fell because he's got a smaller build. He only like maybe six two, smaller built tight end. But he looked like he lost weight. He looked like he was he was a little chubby at Coastal Carolina, but he was short chubby, but. He was good at running after catch. He looked like he's a little bit more leaner already, but, you know, that's an NFL weight program. They going to get you right for sure. And um, he had, what, four catches for 44 yards, and most of his stuff was after the catch. He caught a five-yard hour route, turned it to like a 12-yard game, put a move on the corner and a linebacker. Then he caught a, 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 a corner route. And just boxed out, boxed out the safety. Like the kid looks good. Then he caught a, a, a tight end screen and got some more yards off of it. So I definitely like what 
uh, him between likely uh, Andrews and Doyle. They look like they're going to have three nice tight ends out there still. And likely can play flexed out. You know, he's one of those hybrid type cow pits. Uh, God bless the dead. Aaron Hernandez like that. Where I'm still physical enough and big enough to be in line to help in the ring game. But also flexible enough to go out and play wide, slot. You know what I'm saying? And be moved around and be a chess piece and be mismatched on smaller DBs or slower linebackers. So the Ravens always draft well. But those are two dudes who stood out in the game that I seen on the, uh, just as I was watching. Obviously, you know, you're a football fan. You're watching both, spot, both sides, especially in preseason. So those were two dudes who definitely... Uh, did they think again? Sherman Bridges, undrafted out of Fort Valley State, he really was mossing fools. And you know, ain't nothing like somebody who can go up and get a 50 50 ball. And all of them was 50 50. And it was more like 70 25 after he caught that first one. I was like, oh, he do this. He do this for real, for real. So shout out to him for being able to put on the show uh, on opening night. But um, we got a couple games today. We got uh, the Falcons and the Lions. So um, I'm definitely excited to see Desmond Ritter. I think he'll be fun to watch. You know, I'm like like them Cincinnati boys. You know, that'll be a topic of a lot of games I watch. The Giants also had a Cincinnati boy playing. Uh, Darian Beavers, the middle linebacker, wearing 41. So you know, them Cincinnati boys do their thing again. Desmond Ritter, um, their first round pick they took from USC. The uh, big kid having a, a, a brain fart on his name, but he, him, Cal Pitts, Desmond Ritter. Um, Tyler Algeri is a running back. They took in the fifth round out of BYU. Pay attention when he get in the game. He uh he was second in the country last year in touchdowns behind Brees Hall. So I definitely think he's going to be good. He's going. He's definitely good at finding the end zone. They're saying he looked good in camp. So be on the lookout for him in that game. And then obviously the Lions got Aiden Hutchinson, number two pick in the draft. So you definitely want to um see what he can do. And, uh, see if he makes an impact early. And then you got Browns and Jags. I wonder if Trevor Lawrence, ETN, going to play. We know Deshaun Watson going to play. They was already saying he's going to make his start, barring any injuries or setbacks. He'll be out there playing. So that's a uh, that'll be a fun one to watch, definitely. And then, you know, Trayvon Walker, again, the first-round pick in the draft. He's going to be out there spinning. You got Cardinals, Bengals. Uh, that's going to be a cool one. They got a couple of uh, players I want to see. The uh, Cardinals took the tight end uh, out of Colorado in the third round. I want to see what he can do. He looks like he uh, he got some upside, definitely. I think he can do his uh, wank don't thion. And then, you know, the Bengals, you just kind of want to see the offensive line, camaraderie. You want to see if they even going to play any of, the, any of the young players who bought out last year. They got Dalton uh, Daxton Hill out of Michigan, the safety Slot corner, outside corner, nickelback. He play it all. See where they have him lined up at in the games. And then the uh, Eagles and the Jets. And the Jets uh, signed Dwayne Brown, uh, ex-Seahawk, five-time pro bowler of the Seahawks, to a two-year deal because Makai Becton broke his kneecap, which sucks, man, because he's a big dude. And he's a big part of the offensive line. But I think Dwayne Brown can come in and, and help out and fill a role that they're going to need. I definitely want to see all of the Jets rookies you want to see Sauce. You want to see uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall. Definitely, I want to see Brees Hall. Most excited to see him. I really want to see what he going to look like out there. And then the Eagles, will Devontae Smith play? If so, will Sauce be lined up on him? You definitely want to see that matchup. Is Jalen Hurts going to play? 
know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, just, you know, uh, J- uh, Jordan Davis, their first round defensive tackle. The big massive man who I know y'all seen the video of him throwing his offensive lineman teammate back. And he came out and said he didn't like that that went viral like that because that's his teammate. And that ain't what he's trying to, that's not what he's trying to do. And that's the type of player I like. Because they asked him about it and that was literally all he said. He actually was like, I don't even want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my teammate. We just practicing. We trying to make each other better. That's it. And I was like, that's a great answer. And like, that's the type of player you want. I'm excited to see him push somebody else back. Unfortunately, it got to be somebody for the Jets. And then, you know, the 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 more interesting game, more game I'm gonna get a more a little bit elaborate into, is the Niners and the Packers. I'll definitely be watching that right after the Falcons Lions game because those guys come on NFL Network. So I'll definitely be able to tune into those. But obviously. For the Packers, you want to see Jordan Love. Obviously, that's going to be the big talk. What is Jordan Love going to do? How will he look in another year in the system? Another year getting better. And uh, the rookie they drafted, uh, uh, Christian Watson, he's out right now. He's on the PUP list. But Romeo Dobbs from Nevada, the fourth round pick, they say he's been killing all training camp, all training camp. He's been cooking fools in the, in the team, period. So... He's been good enough to where Aaron Rodgers took him to lunch and said he even wanted to let him know personally that, like, you know, if you keep this up, you're going to have a, you know, not a big role in the office, but you're going to play a role in the office this year as a rookie. So continue to grind. So be on the lookout for Romeo Dives, the fourth-round pick out of Nevada. I definitely want to see what they look like. Obviously, the two first-round picks that the Packers drafted, Quay Walker and uh, Devontae Wyatt, the linebacker and D-tackles out of Georgia. You want to see them fly around and see if they as advertised. But those are some players you want to see on the Packers, along with Jordan Love, Isaiah Rodgers, a couple of those second-year players that you kind of want to see take those steps. But as far as the Niners, Trey Lance, man, we know what time it is. It's the Trey Lance show. It's that time. We want to see um, him just go out there and just look like he know the offense. Obviously, again, it's preseason, so we're taking everything with a grain of salt. We still want him to go out there and and just show he's making strides. He's gotten better. Uh, Make plays, throw the ball around, execute. You know, it's a big year for you, so... You know, everybody going to put everything you do under a microscope. But remember, this is preseason, Trey. Go out there and have fun. Uh, play with your guys and, and, and just learn the system. Get camaraderie. Work on your timing. Work on things. Learn the things you can and cannot do. Like, that's what preseason is made for. You know what I'm saying? Don't let preseason set the bar for you. Obviously, they got a couple young dudes that we're going to get to see out there. They took uh, Dre Jackson out of SC in the second round. They got the running back, Davis Price out of LSU, who probably going to start. I don't really think uh, I don't really think Trey Sermons or Elijah Mitchell is going to play. So I definitely think they're going to let the rookie from LSU spin early, which will be fun to see. Um, Danny Gray, the third-round pick out of SMU wide receiver, I'm pretty sure he'll be out there early. Uh, Jawan Jennings, my guy from Tennessee, I feel like he'll be out there. So he'll, I feel like Trey will have some good weapons out there. To be able to still show what he can do. If Brandon Ayuk plays, that'll be fun because him and Ayuk have been having a real good connection uh, this offseason. So um, that'll be fun to watch also. I'm definitely uh, interested to see that. And again, I want to see the Niners secondary. I told y'all that's a big, that's my big, that's my big, uh, that's the big Niners offseason battle for me personally is that back end. I want to see what the secondary look like. Obviously, we know what the front and the, the front the front seven going to do with Warner and Bosa leading the charge. Uh, Javon Kinlaw and all those guys, D Ford, um, just the whole crew down there. They gon' they gonna wreck shop down there. But it's the back end 
that we kind of want to see. You know what I'm saying? The Hafanga, the uh, young safety out of SC coming into his second year now. I know that he's saying he's gonna he's gonna play a bigger role, playing a little bit more strong safety, probably some nickel, some 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 hybrid box linebacker. Um, you definitely want to see uh, Emory Thomas, the young rookie out of Oregon. He gonna get better. I'm pretty sure they're not. Ward's already hurt, so we know he's not gonna play. We know Verrett not playing. We know Mosey not playing. I think those are the projected starters, but we want to see all those rotator, those rotational players. Uh, Lattimore, again, we still want to see who's going to solidify to play that other safety next to Jimmy Ward now, that Tarts in Philly. So it's a, um, it should be fun. Again, I think that that's, it should be a fun battle back there. They got a lot of, they got a lot of DBs in camp. So y'all going to see a lot of names rotating in and out. I gave a bunch of them uh, maybe the week before last on the episode. Gave out a bunch of the names that's going to be on there. You can go back on the last episode and check them out. I just should. I shot out a few now. But I'm definitely going to see the secondary and Trey Lance. You definitely want to see what those guys look like. Those are those are the positions that have the most turnover. You know what I'm saying? Where it's going to be the most new people at in the secondary and at quarterback. So you definitely want to see what those positions look like. And I think they're going to um, we're going to see a little bit tonight. Definitely against the Packers. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of they good players we're going to play, but I feel like both of those first-round rookies going to play. So, <laughs> damn it, that's good enough. Plus, they got some young talent in the secondary who going to play a lot. So, I think it'll be a good game for both of those guys. And um, I'll be tuned into that for sure. And, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that next Friday. We'll be able to talk about the game and what happened and all those good things. And then uh, the Raiders actually got their game on Sunday. But, you know, we're going to talk about the Raiders anyway because – you know, I told y'all what this what this all about. They in this rotation with them Titans and them Niners. And they play the Vikings on Sunday. And obviously, I'm not sure they I'm not sure when David uh I'm not sure when Derek Carr I don't even think Deontay Devontae Adams is gonna play a preseason snap. But I don't think I don't know if if, if Derek if David Derek if Derek Carr will or not. But again, the Raiders still wanna see the offensive line uh gel get together. We obviously want to see how this running back uh, room pans out with all these running backs they got. We know they're not keeping six running backs, so we definitely going to keep our eye on that. We definitely want to keep our eye on the on the secondary, too, of the Raiders. They got a lot of players. Uh, they brought in a lot of players also on, on the back end. And um, like I said, O-line and secondary is going to be a good thing. And they're still looking for another receiver to stick on the other side of Devontae Adams with Adams and, and um, Waller. And uh, which we'll call it. Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Little uh, Hunter Winfro. You know what I'm saying? So you, they still need a backside receiver to go on that. So we'll see. That's a open for position. They got a couple guys that are brought in. You know, they brought in uh, uh, Robinson from the Chiefs also. So he he looks pretty good out there in preseason also in the game. So we're gonna see what they do again. We're going to look at the defense. They brought in Jalen Brown. They need help in the linebacker area. Jalen Brown, the ex-Titan, is going to help out a lot. Uh, Devon Diablo played a lot in the um, in the Hall of Fame game, the uh, linebacker out of Virginia Tech. I think that they're going to be a nice little hybrid, some speed backers out there who can run and hit and cover. So I'm definitely interested to see that. Uh, again, the offensive line, they got the third-round pick out of Memphis, uh, Dylan Parham. I um I like the way he looked in the Hall of Fame game. He plays some guard and some center, and um he's he's pretty good. So I think they're gonna show him a little bit more. Keep showing him bet- between guard and center to figure out where he'll best suit to help the team. Again, Alex Leatherwood played some tackle and guard. They'll probably start him at tackle again. I hope they do. He looked better at tackle than he did at guard. 
Um, I think it's just because he's smaller and he's quicker, so he likes to be outside where he can have that extra space to move. Um, you know, I don't think he just likes that constant bull rush because he's kind of smaller. So I think he likes to play tackle. He's better at tackle. So, you know, they have a few position battles going for the Raiders also as well. So I'm definitely interested in that. That's on Sunday. So obviously we'll be able to tune in and, and watch all that together. Obviously we know Chandler Jones probably won't play. Again, a lot of these teams won't get excited until the regular season starts. But it's these little position battles you want to see happen anyway while they play. Just to kind of, you know what I'm saying, see who helps shape out this roster. Who might got some potential to help this team out in the later weeks. You know what I'm saying? Come week 10, come week 11, injuries happen. Players get hurt. COVID still is a thing out here in these streets. So, you know, you need the depth now. Depth is, is at an all-time high at all positions. So, the preseason is, is as big as it's ever been now, even with COVID and things. So, you know, you got you to gotta make sure you got uh, quality players at each and every position. So, that way, if somebody has to, has to miss or somebody get hurt or if anything happens, you can have the right players. So, uh, it's going to be a lot of players out there in the preseason. They got a lot of players from the XFL and the USFL and some players that played indoor and some Canadian players. And it's it's uh, it's fun to watch. It definitely makes the league fun because these players are literally fighting for their dreams and, and you see these dudes going hard. So, again, that's why I was so excited about the, the Sherman Bridges dudes from the Ravens. You know, he he was just like an undrafted rookie. He know, like, man, this is my one chance. I ain't, I ain't going out like that. So I'm definitely tuned in to see uh, the Vikings. Also, they playing the Vikings. The Vikings got a couple dudes I, I don't mind seeing. Neither they drafted uh, a Bama boy. I'm not a Bama boy, but one of them Georgia boys, Lewis uh, uh, Sheen, or is Sheen or Sheen out of uh, Georgia, the safety, a thumper. We know we're going to get to see him early. They got Andrew Booth out of Clemson in the corner. I can't wait to see him. I told y'all I like Ty Chandler. I think he's going to be a steal in the draft, the running back out of uh North Carolina, y'all going to see him play a lot, too, on Sunday. And then Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State. He's a, a six-round wide receiver. The Vikings got a couple dudes and rookies that uh, we'll be able to see play and um, show some show some stuff out against the Raiders, who also, like you said, got a lot of extra pieces they working out outside of the, the core base players they got. They got a lot of little under positions they need to fill, especially in the secondary and especially on offensive line. So it, it definitely... Uh, it's definitely will be a watch, and you already know. Come Friday, I I have it to break down, and I'll let you know what I seen because I didn't probably just watch the game at least two three times on the reruns, so I'd have been there to watch and got some plays and seen some things in the game. But uh, I think it's gonna be a fun football back. I got the juice bumps just talking about this stuff for real, for real. But um, it's gonna be a fun weekend. We got games on Saturday as well. Uh, Panthers and Commanders. We got the uh the quarterback battle between Andy Dalton and Baker Mayfield. I think that's going to be interesting. They say it's Baker's job to lose. I also agree with that. I don't think you trade for a quarterback to bench him, to, to bring him off the bench. So um, that's my take on that. Again, the commanders, uh, the commanders, we, everybody wants to see Carson Wentz. Uh, Ron Rivera had to come out and defend Carson Wentz. Bad play. He was saying there was more better defense than bad Carson Wentz. Uh, we'll see in due time. Uh, the and I forgot to tell you the Browns are back interested in Jimmy G and that come full circle to the Commanders better get in on this Jimmy G thing because I'm telling you man Carson Wentz ain't it when that knee injury happened bro it it hit something deeper than just your game man and the same thing happened to unfortunately RG three 
And I feel like it's the same thing. I don't I don't think Wentz got it no more. He's a backup until he retired now, man. I think it's time to hang that up. Unless he can prove me wrong. And I, I highly, highly doubt it. So if the Washington Commanders was smart, they'll really try to get in on this Jimmy G thing and 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 play it safe for it's too late. And you really stuck with Carson Wentz. You know, but again, you get stuck with him, you'll get you a high enough draft pick to <laughs> draft you a quarterback. And then they did uh take uh Sam uh Howard Sam Hurd out of uh North Carolina too in the fourth or fifth round. So, you know, if he that bad, you throw him in, see if he look any kind of decent. And then um I mean Sam Howell, and then you throw him in and see what he can do or see if he's something to build off. If not, you draft one. But I think they should get Jimmy G in there. So that way, Howell ain't got to get in as a rookie because I think he can use a year on the bench, especially learning behind Jimmy, a constant professional. I feel like that, that'd that be a good repro- a good approach to so have him sitting behind Carson Wentz, who ain't going to try to really, who in that fighting for his life mode to where he ain't really trying to help out nobody. Everybody is is a competition and opposition. So that's kind of that. Uh, you got the Chiefs and the Bears. Obviously, the Chiefs, all they new weapons, Sky Moore, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie out of Rutgers, been getting big buzz. He wear number 10, also got dreads. Like, it's funny, though. But he play running back. He's a little shifty running back. So it's going to be fun to see him out there. Uh, they drafted um, McDuffie, the corner out of Washington. He's going to be fun to watch out there. Um, George Karloffis out of Purdue, the big DN. So they got some guys that you'll be able to see. That'll be a fun watch. And then the Bears, you just want to see Justin Fields make strides and get better. Uh, kill Harry got hurt. Man, they just traded and got him. He gonna miss six to eight weeks. That sucks. So you kind of want to see if any of these other receivers gonna step up. They drafted Valus Jones in the third round out of Tennessee, who's like this hybrid running back. Uh, slot kind of got that that Debo Samuel's thing going. You know that's that new thing. You need somebody who can catch the ball and do what do do to do what it do, baby, without having to run a deep route or get super schemed open. It's like just get the ball in this dude hand. And let him do what he do. And that's kind of what Valus Jones is. So he'll be another one to watch in that game. Seahawks and Steelers. Uh, the, that's another quarterback battle over there on both teams. You got Geno versus Drew Locke in Seattle. And then you got uh, Cal, uh, uh, Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky in, for the Steelers. So you got that battle going. And then Dolphins versus Bucks. I want to see Tua succeed. I want to see Tua go crazy. So... Um, they had some highlights, uh, some one-on-one drills at that uh, Dolphins Bucks, and then they was out there cooking, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You know, was throwing them all in quick ends and quick deep outs, and that was all to him. So he looks good. Obviously, that's you know, but I think it's a little bit more better than to see it in one-on-one setting and in team period in a in a in a uh, scrimmage than it is even in preseason. But I do want to see two. I do just want to see the Dolphins offense. I just want to see what it looked like out there. The Saints, uh, Chris Olave out there. You know that's the the rookie wide receiver. You want to see him run. And he's going to be guarded by Derek Stingley because they're playing the Texans. So that'll be a fun watch to watch. Obviously, Derek Stingley was the first corner taken on in the draft um, at pick three by the Texans. Uh, I think he's going to be um, an exciting player. But uh, I definitely want to see him and Olave line up early. Early and often as rookies. You got Cowboys, Broncos also. And, um, you know, they drafted Tyler Smith. He's been competing at the left guard spot with Connor McGovern, Broncos, um, Russ there. I don't know if Russ going to play, but Jerry Judy, um, you know what I'm saying? All the young talent. They got a young undrafted cat out of UCF out there balling right now. I can't think his name, but uh, he's been balling in camp. They've been raving about him. 
Uh, I, once I get his name, I'll get it to you. But he's he's been doing his thing. So I definitely think the Broncos, uh, Pastor Tain the second, man, he might be, he might go, he, man, he breakout corner. Even as a second year player, he, he going to have a breakout year. That kid can, can really, really cover and, uh, he be doing his thing. But I definitely like the Broncos. Everybody, well, you know, you want to see all the shiny toys the Broncos bring out when they bring out Big Russ. And, uh, he gets to throw it around the yard. But I definitely think the Broncos are going to be an interesting team to watch. And, um, they're going to, they're going to definitely, uh, be entertaining. Obviously, like I said, I don't know who all going to play, but you definitely want to see the young guys get out there. KJ Hamler coming off injury, see him take the next step and then, uh, to finish it off. Uh, before the Raiders and Vikings, you had the Rams and the Chargers. Obviously the, the Rams, they trade all their picks for players, but you still want to, you still, uh, they still got, uh, a couple, uh, cats. On the team that they drafted last year, some young players who contributed. They got some young players they drafted in the later rounds this year who you're going to want to see contribute. And um, you still want to see Tutu at well because they're still looking for another receiver, especially with Vance Jefferson getting hurt. So you definitely want to see Tutu at well, the speedster out of Louisville who they took last year. You want to see him take a next step and be able to uh, play the wide receiver role and um, help make players in that offense and um, help them defend the, the title. And then the Chargers. You definitely, you just want to see, man, that offense take the next step. They got Isaiah Spiller, who they took in the fourth round. Yep, fourth round out of uh, Texas A&M running back. I think he's going to be the physical back to go with Austin Eckler's shifty elusiveness and just to be able to take some of those carries off of Eckler so he can help out more in the receiving game, which is just going to make the offense that much better, more threats on the field, more people to watch, and put your linebackers in harder positions to cover Austin Eckler because he's definitely one of the, the much better receiving backs uh, in the league for show for show. So it's definitely gonna be a fun watch. You definitely want to see the uh, the new the new secondary. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure JC not gonna play, but Darwin James and all them cats. It's gonna be fun, man. Khalil Mack. It's it's gonna be a fun year, dog. And obviously, it's like I said, we really here to watch the young talent, see the next big things, the next Khalil Max and the next. You know what I'm saying? Victor Cruz's and players like that. So it's going to be a fun watch. We got a bunch of football slated for from Thursday to Sunday, y'all. So buckle your seatbelt, roll your blunt, get you a driggity drink, and um, get ready to enjoy some football, man. Again, we watching people fight for their lives and live out their dreams, man. What more better to enjoy, man, to bringing it in, bro, a good football season and some good football and, man, a lot of teams had great drafts. So, we, like you said, it's a lot of young talent from last year and this year that we're going to still get to see. So, it won't be a boring watch. I'll be tuned in. Again, I'm going to try to watch at least six of these games, man. At least six or seven of these games, and I'll probably break them down. Again, uh, you ever got any questions, man, comments, you already know, man. If you see me on Facebook, hit me. Let me know what you think. Uh, you can always message me on here on the Anchor app itself. It has a message room where you can leave me messages. Like I said, I can play them out. Um, I'm still working on getting it all the way fixed. I went back and listened to my other one, and the message that the Cowboy fan left me didn't get played, but I'll fix that because it played on my end, but I guess when I sent it out, it didn't play, but we'll get that fixed up. And um, just stay tuned. I told you it's big things coming from the Bringing the Wood podcast. Eventually, the YouTube is coming with the live, with the live visual, man. And um, again, we got other things coming from Capricornical Productions. We got Flights and Flicks coming soon. Um, 
That'll be my homie DJ, man, uh, talking about movies and TV shows and, and, and getting high and talking, talking flights, taking flights and talking flicks. And um, it'll be a great thing. And Chef and Washaba will be coming soon. If you're into cooking, that'll be coming to the Camper Chronicle Production coming on YouTube. So stay tuned, man. We got a lot of big things coming out of Camper Chronicle Productions. Uh, again, dog, but y'all already know, this the, is the big dog right here, man. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. It's your boy D. Wood. And y'all know what I just did. I just brought the wood. Happy Friday. Enjoy your day.